Welcome to Binge Breakthrough, the podcast designed to help you finally break through the barriers that keep you stuck feeling out of control around food. I'm Master Certified Coach Jane Pilger, and I want you to know that no matter how long you've been struggling or what you've tried, food freedom is possible, and I'm here to show you how. After years of therapy, eating disorders treatment, restrictive diets, and reading all the books, I was still stuck in the on-again, off-again cycle of restricting and binging until I was able to see it all from a new perspective that changed everything. Each week, I will share the strategies, tools, and mindset that allowed me to overcome my decades-long battle with binge eating. Your journey to body trust starts now. Let's dive in. Hello, trusted listener. Welcome to Binge Breakthrough. I consider you a trusted listener because I trust that you are listening to this episode of this podcast for a reason. I trust that you are going to hear something today that is insightful and impactful on your own journey with food. So this episode's going to be a little bit different than usual. I recently competed in a triathlon. And while I was doing this triathlon, I got to thinking, you know, I might share this. I might actually do a race report and share what I got from this race on the podcast. And this episode might not be for everyone. You might not be interested to hear about my triathlon, um, but you might be. I do know there are people out there who love to hear more about not only triathlon, my journey in terms of becoming an athlete, and some of the things that I that I think about and how I have really brought a lot of my own journey with food and where I am today, how it kind of all comes together. I also very much believe in the power of following your intuition. And if I had the intuition to share this, I'm going to follow it and just see where it goes. So some people will probably love this episode. Some people will probably decide, you know, this one isn't for me. And that's okay. So what my plan is to do in this episode is to share some stories from the my recent triathlon that feel relevant and also talk about how they relate to my journey with food and my recovery from binge eating disorder and also how that might be able to be impactful for you as a listener. Now, I do have planned um, in just a few weeks, in some future episodes, I do plan to share my journey, my personal journey to becoming an athlete. So stay tuned for those kind of the background of how I even got into all of this in the first place. But for now, what I'm going to do is just a race report on my recent triathlon. So why do I like to do race reports? I, generally, after a race after a race is over, I like to spend some time, I reflect on, and I'll type out, I'll either type out or verbally speak out a race report. And I love to do this because I like to reflect on what went well, really look at, recognize, celebrate, uh, celebrate progress, celebrate accomplishments. Um, and I also like to reflect on what I would do differently. So I love to document ideas, suggestions for next time, whether it's a next time, if I do this exact race, here's what I would do differently. Here's what I would do the same. Here's what worked really well. Here's what I might change. 
I also like to reflect on ideas and suggestions for just the next time I do a race, a next time I do a triathlon, what did I learn? I also love to send my race report to my coach. I have a coach who helps me um, in my triathlon journey, and I like to send it to her so that she can provide a different perspective. She often will see things or has certain comments that I might not see for myself. And this is what I think is so powerful in working with a coach of any kind, is they're able to see things that you may not be able to see on your own. We all have blind spots. We all have things we're not aware of. We all have these areas where where our brain likes to go and our brain likes to focus. And having somebody else come in and, and show you where else you might be able to focus, show you something in a different way that you may not have seen before is such a powerful benefit of having a coach of any kind. The other reason I like race reports is it's a reminder for me. If I do this race again in the future, I might talk about some course specifics, uh, maybe places that we ate. If we went to a restaurant that was really good, maybe I would make a note of that so we could just do that again. Maybe the part of town we stayed in, if I liked it, uh, the grocery store we went to, those types of things. So then I can just go back in the future if we do that race again read all of that, and it will really just help kind of set the stage for what I want to do next time. All right, so this race in particular, what was it? It was called the Mountain Man Triathlon. Uh, it was a long course triathlon. They they uh, bill it as a 70.4 distance, and that's the number of miles that is covered in that race. So it's a 1.2 mile swim, a 56, apparently it's a 56.1 mile bike ride, and then a 13.1 mile run or a half uh, a half marathon. This is also known as a half Ironman distance, but this was not an Ironman branded race. So it is sometimes known as just a long course triathlon distance. It was held in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is kind of in the mountains of Arizona. And we have, my husband and I have wanted to do this race for years. Uh, it's put on by a um, a local uh, racing company who does a great job. The, it is the, I think it, they said it was maybe the fifth oldest triathlon. Um, it has been around for a very long time. And uh, we've wanted to do it for years and years. We were signed up last year. And my husband and I both had different um, injuries that happened at a very kind of right before the race. And so we weren't able to do the race. And we were really excited to be there. We were both feeling really good physically. We were both healthy in our bodies. And we were really excited about um, about doing this race. So one of the things I want to share is about the importance of knowing and understanding your patterns. Now, this could be your patterns with anything. I love talking to people about their patterns with food, knowing what are your patterns with food. What are the times, whether it's days, whether it's times, whether it's locations, what are the times for you where maybe you ha- you struggle with more um, more thoughts or about food that don't feel helpful. Maybe you feel a little more food focused. Maybe you have more food chatter. Knowing your patterns is really, really important. And so I also have my own patterns, um, both with food, but also with other things. So for example, for me, one of my patterns that I know before a race, I start to have doubts. 
doubts about my ability to perform. Um, I also, one of my other patterns, I get like little weird kind of aches and pains in my body. Uh, sometimes I feel really slow um, and I start thinking I won't be able to perform. I won't be able to perform in a way that I want to. Now, here's what I know about myself that's so powerful. I know this about myself. I have witnessed this in myself for before races so many times. And I've had my husband pointed out to me so many times that now I know this is just part of the deal. This is uh, my my friend, Cara Lowenthal. She talks about this is the part. This is the part where I start to have doubts about myself. For you, if you know that uh, when the kids go to bed, you start to have chatter about food, maybe eight o'clock every night. It's like, oh, this is the part. This is the part where my brain starts to tell me, you know, we could go to the pantry right now. This is the part. This is the part where I start to doubt myself. This is the part where I think I can't do it. This is the part where I don't want to get out of bed. Whatever it is for you. If you know your patterns and you know that your brain is going to think in that way, then when it happens, we don't have to get mad. We don't have to fight it. We don't have to resist it. It's like, oh, this is the part. So that's what I do. Ah, this is the part where my body starts to feel really weird. This is the part where I think I'm really slow. This is the part where I start comparing myself to other people. I just see, oh, this is the part. So the thoughts and the patterns don't have to go away, but now I can recognize them and I can see them, but I don't have to believe them. So the more I know my own patterns of thinking, the more I know how to respond to them. And you are no different. Knowing your patterns. Remember, awareness is the first step to change. So know your patterns, get aware of your patterns, and then you can can anticipate how you will respond to these patterns of thinking that are repeated for you. Because I know for me and really for anybody, because we are all human beings here, the more that I think something is wrong, the more I focus on it. And the more I focus on it, the bigger it feels. And then it is more likely to become a problem. What we focus on expands. And this so relates to my whole eating journey. Because the more I thought that I was broken and that there was something wrong with me, and the more I tried not to binge, the more I found evidence that I was broken, that I was out of control. And of course, I would end up binging. So for me, I've been racing long enough now that I know what things are helpful for me leading up to a race, and I know what isn't helpful. And this may be thing, and when I say things, what things are helpful, this may be patterns of thinking. It may be actual like what I'm doing. It may be who I'm surrounding myself with. It may be what I'm taking in, what I'm listening to, what I'm watching. I use my past experiences to inform future ones, always working to improve upon things while also staying open to new experiences and new opportunities. And you can do this for yourself too. Use your past experiences to inform future ones. Always work to improve, but stay open to new experiences and new opportunities. So I went into this race. I was feeling pretty good physically, feeling pretty good emotionally. I really wanted to see what I could do. My husband and I, we had a friendly bet going, which is a fun tradition that we started in the very first triathlon that we did together in 2003. 
but we had not had an active bet in years. And we were also there with a friend who we've traveled with to races in the past, and it was really fun to spend time with her again. So on race day, we get up. It was on a Sunday. The temperature was really nice. Uh, The forecast was for the wind to pick up later in the day, but for the morning, it was lovely. So we get to the race site, we get set up, we get started. And this race, um, it was in a lake. And the way that they do a lot of the starts now, it used to be back in the day, we used to all, they would do a mass swim start. Everybody would start at the same time, or they might start you in waves based on your age groups. Well, several years ago, they started doing what's called a rolling swim start, where a few people go in the water every few seconds. And they do this for safety uh, so that it's not everybody starting in the water at the same time. It kind of spreads people out amongst the water, um, a little less likelihood of, you know, kind of having a lot of um, just interaction with, with people as you start. So that's what we did. We had a rolling swim start. We started um, at the end of a dock, kind of ran into the lake that down the bottom of the of the basically the boat ramp. We started at the bottom of a boat ramp next to a dock. And so we ran down the boat ramp into the water, started swimming. This race, Flagstaff, Arizona, it's at nearly 7000 feet. So it's pretty high altitude racing. So I started swimming and I was going and pretty early on. I was really short of breath, like I could not catch my breath. Now, this has happened to me in the past. I knew what was going on. But what here's what was really interesting is I kind of started, I kind of started to panic a little bit. And I watched myself. I was trying to catch my breath. I usually just keep swimming, but I stopped a couple of times to try to catch my breath. And I watched myself go into like a survival response, like in my nervous system. I literally was, I was, I was halfway in between like being in the experience, but also I was able to observe myself going into a survival response. And what I mean by that is uh, in your nervous system, survival response looks like fight, flight, or freeze. And I watched myself having this vision of stopping and laying down. And that is like a freeze response. And I do this sometimes. Sometimes if something gets really overwhelming for me, um, I can, uh, I have in the past just stopped and like laid down on the ground and uh, generally, you know, maybe I'll cry or whatever it is. And I was watching myself go into the survival response. It was fascinating. And so what I was able to do was really calm myself down, slow down and really just talk to myself talk to myself like, you're okay. It's going to be okay. Just slow down. We can stop racing now and just like, let's just catch our breath. Let's meet ourselves where we were, where we are. Now, here's what's so cool about this and how this is progress. And I can look back at my own journey and just see like, wow, what I would have done in the past is I would have probably just pushed myself, like really like forced myself to keep going or I would have stopped and kind of like panicked and just thought like, I can't do it. Um, Maybe I would have floated on my back or just thought like it would have been very black and white, all or nothing. So I would have just kept pushing or I would have stopped and to catch my breath. But what I did was I actually really met myself where I was. I recognized what was going on. I was able to really slow myself down, to talk to myself, to settle myself, and then but keep moving. I settled in. I let myself know it was all okay. And then after a little bit, after a little while, I was like, okay, I'm okay. Now we can pick it back up again. So that was a super powerful experience for me. 
So I got out of the water and I started running to my bike and I noticed, huh, my foot hurts. Didn't think too much of it other than, wow, I hope that doesn't hurt when it's time for me to run again. So I got on the bike, didn't feel my foot at all, wasn't looking for it, but didn't feel it. But I just, my body just felt off. I didn't really feel like I could hit the numbers um, that I was targeting to hit. Sometimes I felt pretty good, but others, I just, my body just didn't feel like it was really firing on all cylinders. My husband passed me. I stayed with him for a little while, and then I just couldn't keep up. My body was just not really able to kind of go at that level. Kind of felt a little bit like maybe I was bonking, but I don't think that's really what was going on. When I saw myself wanting to focus on like what wasn't working or what wasn't going well, I really worked on my mental game. My mental game is something I have worked a lot on over the years in triathlon. And what I do there is I really was focusing on gratitude, just being there. I just kept reminding myself, you have wanted to do this race for years and you are here. Look how beautiful these mountains are, this lake, these trees, the gratitude of being there, being in a healthy body, meeting myself where I was. I know that my tendency is to think it's not good enough, that it could be better looking for what's wrong instead of what's right. So I was able to notice when that was happening and really shift to the gratitude, meeting myself where I was. Overall, I was I was happy with my time, but my body just didn't quite feel like right, like it was really able to race. So I got off the bike, I started running in towards the transition area, and my foot hurt again. So I put on my shoes, I was going to go out on the run, but I just knew, I knew in my bones that I could not, I would not be able to run for 13 miles. So I made the decision to stop after the bike. And interestingly, it wasn't even that hard of a decision. I knew it was the right call. Now, looking at progress, in the past, I would have pushed myself. I would have pushed myself and just been like, oh, I can do it. I don't want a DNF. I want to just keep going. But I have so much more connection now to my body and what it has to say that I knew that stopping was the right decision for me. My husband went on to have an amazing race, even with a stop at an aid station on the run when he realized I was no longer shortly behind him. And he had somebody, he had a volunteer look up my results to make sure that I had gotten off the bike safely. Once he knew I was off the bike, then he knew I would be okay. Now, my foot, it's still injured. Now, here's what I want to say where I am with this mentally and physically. I'm, I am a little disappointed and I am a little frustrated because who wants to be injured? Nobody, nobody wants to be injured. But I will also tell you that I am in acceptance about my foot injury. This is what my circumstance is right now. I could argue with it. I could hate it. I could think it shouldn't be that way, but that will not make my foot better. So I'm really just right now, I'm just focused on healing, on doing everything that I can. I can't control what happened to my foot. I don't even know what happened to my foot. But I can control what I do next. I am competing, hopefully, 
The plan is for me to compete in the Ironman World Championships in Kona in seven weeks. I am going to do everything I can to be ready. And I am going to trust myself to make the decision that is the most honoring and supportive for my body. I want more than anything to race that race in Kona from start to finish. It's important to me, but it's still just one day. And I have this body to live in for a lifetime. Now, this is another change that I can see in myself and a reflection for myself is that I genuinely want what is best for my body. I'm no longer at war with my body, but I'm in partnership with it. I appreciate it and I want the best for it today and also decades from now. This body is coming with me through it all. So the more I can nurture it and support it, the better off it will be in the long term. I used to be at war with my body. It was this external thing that I didn't think was good enough and definitely needed to change. But now I see it as a part of me. We are inseparable. I'm no longer a person with a floating head and no body. It's an entire integrated experience. And I think part of why I love training and racing so much is that it's an opportunity to truly be in my body and to connect with myself, to appreciate what my body can do and how it adapts to whatever I put it through. Each race is an opportunity for growth and reflection, and this one was no different. I fully expected a DNF did not finish. My second which would have been my second in my triathlon career, but they actually ended up moving me to the aquabike division. So it wasn't a technical DNF per the results, but I didn't finish what I set out to do that morning and I have zero regrets. No regrets is actually one of my mantras when I race. I have no regrets about the decision to stop and no regrets about anything else because I don't even know what happened. Looking back, I can see that my body not really feeling like it was able to fire on all cylinders was likely because of the impact of whatever happened to my foot. My best guess is that I stepped on a rock at the swim start and I didn't even feel it because of the adrenaline of the start of the race. But my body knew it was injured even if I didn't. The body is such an amazing thing. Do you appreciate your body? It doesn't have to be able to do triathlons in order to appreciate it. You truly can't live your one life without your body. What would it look like for you to start to appreciate it and become a friend or even partner with it? How might your life change? Mine has changed tremendously. Now, it's still a journey, but I have far more positive, encouraging, and loving thoughts about my body than I ever have before. My body is doing a big job of recovering right now and has a big job to recover after every workout. I'm so grateful that it knows how to do that and I know how to surround myself with a support team who will get me through this injury so that I can end up even stronger than when I started. A concept I love to teach is resilience. 
becoming stronger through our struggles and challenges. I see this current injury as an opportunity to create more resilience, and that is what I'm focused on. I hope this was helpful or insightful for you in some way as you navigate your own journey with food and your body. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Binge Breakthrough. If you want to understand why you feel out of control with food sometimes, I've created just the thing for you. Discover the number one reason why and get three things you can do today. Visit bingebreakthrough.com forward slash quiz and you'll have your answer and your next steps within minutes. That's bingebreakthrough.com forward slash quiz. 